530. I have to say we need to get things started. I'm going to call to order the meeting of the Sustainability Advisory Board. Uh, first thing on our agenda is our housekeeping items. Kathy, can you re review those for us, please? Yes, uh, this is Kathy Richardson, Sustainability Director. Good evening, everyone. I'm just sharing a few housekeeping items for tonight's Zoom meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. All board members, please keep your video on. All others keep your video off unless you are participating during the meeting. If you have any trouble, you can send me a chat. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And just as a reminder, there is another board meeting tonight. Um, so we ask if this group can wrap up by 7.15 p.m. And I'll turn it back to you, Stan. All right, this is Stan Rasmussen, Sustainability Advisory Board. And um, next item on our agenda is to approve our minutes. And they're the March minutes, not the April minutes. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So the March minutes, has everybody had a chance to review those? Like and if so, did anybody have edits or suggested motions? I suggest a motion to approve the minutes of the March meeting. A second. All right, we've had a, a motion and a second. Uh, all those in favor of uh, approving our minutes, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? Same sign. All right, no opposition to the minutes, that's good. So the first item on our agenda tonight is, <clears throat> uh, is a sustainability conversation with our mayor, uh, Mayor Larson, Lisa Larson. I wanna welcome her to the Sustainability Advisory Board. Uh, mayor Larson, I wanted to let you know that uh, we had a strategic planning uh, session late last year. Uh, and one of the things we talked about doing since we are an advisory board for the city commission is actually <clears throat> inviting commissioners to join us for one of the meetings. And we'd like to hear from you what uh, some of your desires are for this uh, advisory board and and hear, uh, hear your opinions and, and ideas. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you and the other commissioners as we move forward in the year. Every couple of months, we're gonna invite someone else uh, from the commission to join us, but we thought it would be most important to start with you since you're the mayor. And um, with that, I will uh, turn it over to you and just thank you very much for being here tonight. We appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. I do, do appreciate the opportunity anytime I can to meet with any of the boards that, that so desire. I do attend or I watch quite a few of the board meetings once they're once they're done um so i do get a chance to do that quite a bit um and i know kathy had um emailed me some 
possibly points that you would want to discuss tonight, and I'm more than, than happy to address any questions that you have to the extent that I can. And, and I think um, just, I think you all know that I, my background is, I've got a strong environmental background, 30-some um, years in, as an environmental geologist working um, industrial sites, contaminated sites. So, so I do have a strong background. I have, you know, strong beliefs in, in what we're doing as a city. Um, I think the biggest um, concerns I have is whether we can get there fast enough. Um, and um, that's always going to be a question. Um, and I think in order for us to really meet those pretty lofty goals that we've set for ourselves, we've got to come up with a pretty, pretty um, hefty plan lay out a plan as to how we're going to do that and that's kind of where we're at right now so um, i'm open to any questions well this is stan rasmussen sab chair i know that uh, ben sykes i think had a question for you he is the vice chair so we'll start with ben yeah thanks stan um and thank you mayor for coming uh i think um from an advisory board perspective, one of the things that we'd like to know is how we can be the most effective to provide you guys with workable options to move on that time scale that you're talking about. So um, I think, you know, one thing that came up uh, recently, right, is thinking about um, both the single-use plastic bag ordinance and the noxious weeds and managed sustainable landscaping ordinances, how we can do that work as volunteers um, with subcommittees and work on those things, but also how we can improve them when they come before you guys, uh, how we can improve them so that they can make their way to policy. And um, I think that's an important point. For example, I've heard from a lot of people after the Prairie Park stuff about trying to move forward on the noxious weed stuff. And and from, from my perspective and our subcommittees, it's not exactly clear where we go and how we can make it better so that you guys can use it. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, as, as far as moving forward on various policies, I mean, to me, the best approach is to, to work to find ways to tie it into our strategic plan. Um, and I know that I've seen that with some of your work already. Obviously, the plastic bag ordinance um, situation is long overdue. I would agree with that statement. Um, it's just taken much longer than I, than I had, had expected it to. But we're finally getting there on that. Uh, the noxious weed um, um, information that you brought forward to us uh, seems to me that that kind of well it didn't I mean, it seemed that it did it kind of got put by the wayside we looked at it and then you know that was pretty much all we've done to date and i think again it's something that needs to continue just to be brought to our attention and find ways to tie it in with how it works with existing um, strategic plan um, policies that are moving forward um, and that's a real key um, in, in that um, and, and I, it's been a, a while since I've looked at that that plan that you folks put together did any of it did any of it um, emphasize some of the issues that we saw at the play park so um, originally in some of it we had some chemical elements to it uh, we were encouraged to pull those out um, the list that we have for noxious weeds within the city goes well beyond those for the state, although the one that was um, trying to be controlled is a state listed noxious weed as well. Um, but I think importantly, those places like Prairie Park that we have are 
um, really irreplaceable. One of the things this can do, like it's done for a lot of other municipalities, including in Kansas, is kind of unleash the potential for people in their own yards to try and create reservoirs of prairie diversity. You know, maybe they're gardeners like yourself. Maybe they're really into trying to, you know, create pollinator gardens through Monarch Watch or things like that. But incentivizing that or at least rolling back the regulations, whether enforced or not, on how high you can grow things as long as you're you're doing it in a managed way and as long as, um, uh, you know, the will is there and, and you're not simply abandoning your kind of vegetation. I think uh, there's an opportunity there that a lot of places um, around us have taken advantage of. And, and frankly, it's one of the places you would guess a place like Lawrence would lead because we have places like Prairie Park and, and the Rockefeller Prairie north of town that KU owns and other places like that. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. You know, we just ran across that recently with the milkweed plant. Um, there, that got some press time. And I actually, I didn't realize that that milkweed was classified the way it was because I've got a bunch of it in my backyard. So yeah. um, so that's that was kind of a surprise to me, that's for sure. Um, but, I, you know, I, I do think we should be a leader on, on, on many of these items. And anything we can do to bring the policy forward. And again, it's, sometimes it's a matter of, continuing to put it in front of us that these are these are things that are important this is how it matches up with our strategic plan and you know even talk about the funding aspect of it what is it going to cost a lot of money to do it um, or is it something that can be folded into an existing um, department or i don't want to monopolize all your time i know we've got a lot of people in here so thank you all right uh thanks ben uh uh, I know that Kay Johnson had a, a question or two she wanted to to ask, so I'd go to Kay next, and then other other board members, if you uh, want to use your raise the hand function, uh, that'll let me know who I should call on next. Go ahead, Kay. Thank you, Stan, and uh, welcome, um, Mayor Larson. We're excited to have you here. Um, I have two questions that impacts uh, Ordinance 9744, which is that renewable energy um, that set out renewable energy goals, and it also um, stresses uh, energy efficiency. And then I have one question about um, the, the SAB organization itself. Do you want me to go question by question, or do you want me to give you all three of the questions? You, you just go question by question. That way, um, I have a hard time keeping stuff straight myself. So. I'm the same way. Okay. I appreciate that. So uh, the first one is um, regarding the uh, county's role in uh, determining utility scale solar. And I have not seen a, I believe that it was originally scheduled to be discussed tonight, and I think it has been moved back until June sometime, but there's been significant um, discussion at the county level about not going forward with solar, large-scale solar projects, and whatever they do impacts us as far as our goals um, for renewable energy. So my question on this one is, um, what has the city done to stress that um, we'd like to see large-scale solar projects? Obviously, you cannot put enough rooftop solar in this city to be able to meet our renewable energy goals. And 
So it has a big concern to me, and I have not seen a a city response. And maybe you are aware of it, but I'd like to know what this if the city is going to make a a written response or has been in discussion with the county about this. Um, and I'm glad I brought you up, brought that up because I'm actually going to have a meeting with Karen Willie tomorrow afternoon, and we're going to discuss solar and some ideas that that you know we're going to kind of try to put forth for the city. And it mostly involves city projects, capital improvement pro projects that that are in the process right now, and how we can uh, look at um, using more solar projects more solar, geothermal, whatever, you know, whatever would work, you know, in, in, in the settings that we've got. Um, now, I haven't talked to, I haven't talked to any of the commissioners about what's going on as far as in the county, um, the large scale, other than just to, you know, talk about the, the regulations that have come forth. Um, so I'm anxious to talk to Karen tomorrow because she said she's got some ideas on for within the city itself. And so I'm anxious to hear that, but I, I, I have to tell you, okay, I haven't really thought of much about the large scale projects outside of our city limits. Um, as far as having something inside the city limits, I mean, that's, that's I'm always open to, to ideas on that. And something that I, and this may be more pie in the sky type thinking, but um, I always thought it would just be a gem if we would put solar on all the city, all the buildings downtown and somehow capture that for the city. Because um, I think those—that's a location where it's ripe for capturing the, the energy from the sun. Um, and if there's some way we could do that, but that's—I think that's dreaming pretty big. I think. Um, but also know that with with our capital improvement projects that we have going have going right now, we are going after some really large grants, um, um, such as out at the MSO that we're doing at Venture Park. We're looking at some pretty sizable grants to potentially help fund some of that, and that could bode to our, our ability to make that more energy efficient and do solar and some of these bigger type ideas. So. Well, I appreciate that, and I, I'm glad you're going to have a conversation um, with the commissioner because I'm concerned that whatever they make a decision on with utility-scale solar in Douglas County, that it might impact um, property in uh, the city limits, obviously we may not have that much land in our city <laughs> to have a utility scale solar, except maybe I did hear discussion about uh, Evergy talking about um, expanding on their property uh, to possibly have a, a utility scale solar there. And, and I just wanna be clear, I think that whatever is done, it needs to be responsible and reasonable for the property and uh, to also take into consideration any impact on citizens. But I surely don't want a blanket statement coming out that they do not want utility scale solar, which I have heard that there are many uh, anti-groups coming from outside of the city and the county. And so I'm concerned about that. 
Yeah, I, I've, I've heard some of those groups. I've talked to some of those groups outside the county when they've had some meetings, and and there's definitely some strong opposition to the large scale. So that's something that Karen and I will get into that some tomorrow just to kind of see where she's at as well as what we can do to, to kind of help move that along. Because I, I, I agree, I think, you know, we've got to get into some large-scale um, development for that, for that very reason. And we're really going to be serious about um, going that route. Okay. okay, well, thank you very much. And so my second question that also impacts uh, that same ordinance, which encourages energy efficiency, is there is a, um, sometimes we don't get, we, you know, we don't get wind or, <laughs> that's sort of appropriate, but we don't hear of um, projects that are going on until almost the last minute. Um, recently, like today, I was notified that there, and and I've kind of in the background, I knew that people were working on this. Obviously, um, the homelessness, um, housing and homelessness uh, strategic plan is being worked on. And um, also there was a an annual report from the affordable housing um advisory board that um, neither of the documents and the the strategic plan is almost 35 or 40 pages long and I don't know how many pages the annual report is but not one of those documents on one of those pages have the word energy efficiency and I have met several times with the uh, AHAB board and I know others have too and for some reason energy efficiency is not being considered in any of these programs that use our tax dollars to build uh, affordable homes and it seems to me that that should be an important part of any building activity that goes on in the city if it's city tax dollars that's being used for the project or you know city structures itself it, it just seems to me that especially with affordable housing that we would want to um, make sure that energy efficiency is being considered and and give extra credit for those people that are applying for projects to use that money if they you know are interested in energy efficiency and then commit to a third party certification or a program that would demonstrate that these homes are being energy efficient there are quite a few pages devoted to equity uh, diversity and equity for housing um, for people that would be using this housing but if they cannot pay their electric utility bills or their gas bills then that's not affordable and I really have been working on this for about five years off and on and I had talked to Diane Starter before she left about this a couple of times so I, what could what could you suggest about helping us number one make some a difference with that affordable housing situation and then number two become more aware of projects which over overreaching plans this is a five-year strategy plan and so that we can provide input into that um well i think that's really the point about ahab with the money we're spending at ahab and whether or not those require energy efficiency and i think one area that 
I think I've been a little bit spoiled on is dealing with tennis to homeowners. And tennis to homeowners is really good about um, requiring to have a certain level of energy efficiency within their building projects. And, uh, and I know that that has not been looked at across the board. So I think it's very reasonable that as we allocate funding that we could do a tiered system um, I would support a tiered system where you can get maybe extra dollars if you do a certain level of energy efficiency. Similar, similar to our catalyst program that we have for um, industrial properties where if you go lead certification, then you can get a higher level of tax incentive. Um, and, and that's exactly what I'm looking for because, yeah. you know, our um, what we have seen over around the country is that um, those projects that do have higher energy efficiency aspects of their program or commit to a higher level standard um, do generally get rewarded. And there are programs in other states. I've been working also with the, um, the state of Kansas uh, housing program. I did get them to raise their um, standard to 2018 IECC, and now I'm going to be working on them with the 2021 version, but it is, it could be easily done where they get extra credit. And that's what we have been um, suggesting so that people that are willing to do that would get uh, a little bit more consideration for a project. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it, it would be, um, asking too much to say you have to meet a certain level just to even apply for the for the the, the funding dollars um, and get them in on at least some level of energy efficiency that that um, folks could buy in on you know from from the city standpoint as well as you know those on the AHAB board and in any input from the sustainability board too I, I think that's very reasonable to ask for that and I, okay. you know I'm glad you brought that up because I really hadn't thought about as applying it across the board like that, but that's a good point. We do it with industry. Why not with our with our homes, affordable homes? Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Um, the last question that I have is regarding our organization. As you can see, we're kind of thin. Um, mm -hmm. Our <laughs> we we have uh, in our uh, bylaws that we would have ten members, and right now we only have six approved board members. And I was wondering, I know that you've got a committee for committees, um, but we had to cancel last month's meeting because we didn't have a quorum. I think Ben whined that he was going to be on a plane somewhere. I don't know. It didn't whine, but um, it, it caused us to have to cancel our meeting. And so, um, you know, even if you could appoint one more or two, that would really help us out. Yeah, and I, you know, I do apologize for that. It's not that I'm not wanting to to get folks on the board. I've been waiting for that that committee to come up with their recommendations, and I thought we'd have it by now because originally, when we set that committee up to look at the board structures, it was supposed to be a four month endeavor, which we would have heard back by now, but we haven't. I know they've still had some meetings. Um, is to, and and the idea is how are we going to structure a certain number of our boards and one of those would have been the sustainability of boards. So I've been waiting on that to appoint more board members because I didn't really want to get folks on there for a couple months and then everything may change. Um, I've got, you know, if I've got um, emails in the cred to talk about where they're at with that, if it looks like it's going to be 
quite a bit longer, then, you know, I have no problem getting somebody else on the board. I mean, I've got numerous names. I can tell you that because folks are really good. This is one board that folks are really good about applying to. Yeah, I think that's good because sometimes we struggle with some of these boards um, to get folks to apply for it. So there's plenty of plenty of people to choose from. And if it's going to help you guys out, at least that I'm more than willing to do that. I just didn't want to get everything loaded up. And then it's like, okay, we're going to do something totally different. Um, I totally understand. Maybe Stan knows what the timeline is because he's on the committee. Yeah, I was going to jump in here and say uh, Mayor, this is Stan Rasmussen, uh, SAP member. So I am on the uh, board and uh, commission structure committee, and uh, we have a, a draft proposal uh, internally. We had hoped to have everything done by our May deadline that was set forth in the in, in the the instructions that the city commission gave us. Uh, I'd say we're about a month behind that because we're going to have a public input session on the the draft materials before we submit them to city commission. And right now that's being scheduled for June 15. Okay. So it's going to be some point after that, that they're going to make their way to the city commission. Okay. That's more news than I've got. So I appreciate that update because I haven't caught up on those meetings yet. And and I'll just tell you, generally what we're looking at is uh, we consolidated about 21 boards, maybe 22, down into, based on the <coughs> city's uh, uh, strategic plan and the uh, commitments and outcomes associated with that, we've consolidated it down to about, I'll say, nine boards. So mm -hmm. I think that the guidance from the city commission was that uh, you'd like to see 10 or fewer. I think we've got it down to about nine right now and consolidated some of the functions of existing boards into what we anticipate as one, one board. I'll give you an example. I know the city is in the process of revising the development code. Right. So we thought it would be, it, it, with the idea of revising the development code is that you should need less zoning variances. Uh, I know that the, there's going to be some revisions to HRC in that process. So we suggested, for example, we will suggest uh, publicly um, uh, to get some feedback on that, that we consolidate the Board of Zoning Appeals, the development code, uh, Board of Appeals and the HRC under one roof and have a separate committee that handles the responsibilities that those three separate boards are currently uh, handling right now and that we could have one board to do that. And so that's just an example, but we did some consolidation and then uh, I know that our, our current proposal is for the SAB the Parks and Rec Board, and I think it was the Arts Committee to have to remain separate bodies. But really? we'll, we'll see. We'll give you a proposal here shortly, hopefully in June. So right now, you guys have it set up to where those three boards would be separate? Would remain yeah, separate? Those three would remain separate is, the, I think, the proposal. 
Oh, wow. That that really surprises me, given some of the conversations that I've had. Um, yeah, there, there was discussion, for example, about our board right here, the SAB, there was discussion about, you know, uh, environmental sustainability crosses everything. So maybe one, one consideration was, should there be an SAB type position dedicated to each of the new boards that we recommend so that you have an environmental sustainability person dedicated on each new board? or should SAB remain as a separate entity? I think right now, the proposal coming out of the boards and committee, uh, boards and commissions structure committee is gonna be for the SAB to be a separate board at much as it is right now. But we're looking for feedback on that and obviously we'll get feedback from the commission, but we're also uh, having a, an in-person and a virtual public hearing to receive some initial feedback from the public before we give a formal proposal to the city commission. Okay. So that's where we stand right now. That's, that's great information. I appreciate that, Stan, very, very much. Because um, I, I really had envisioned some of these boards being folded in, in fact, all of them somehow being folded in to kind of line up with our strategic plan, our six components of our strategic plan. Is, is that kind of where you're at with that? Yes, yes, absolutely. So almost um, every outcome, so we have, you know, the, the outcomes and commitments mm -hmm. in the strategic plan. Uh, the outcomes uh, are, we're using the title of those outcomes as new, for now, new board names. So mm -hmm. Strong and Welcoming Neighborhoods right. has uh, various, the duties of various existing boards blended together to serve yeah. under strong and welcoming, welcoming neighborhoods. Okay. Um, you know, safe and secure has mm -hmm. some boards within the community uh, that have been blended together. That's our proposal to have one safe and secure board. So we're using those titles under the strategic plan. And then we have um, uh, three of the commitments that would have uh, the titles for those commitments that would kind of be separate. So we're, we're definitely following the city's strategic plan. It matches up very well. And I, I think there's some good logic to it. And uh, I, I really look forward to when we present that to the city commission. Okay, well, that, that's great information for me to have. Um, it's look like, if that's how it looks like it's gonna pan out and can definitely move forward. I feel more comfortable moving forward with getting some more folks on the board. So. Yeah, and we have talked about it, but I don't think we've come to a conclusion. We might recommend a, a limit on, a recommended limit of board member numbers for these mm -hmm. boards. Uh, I know there was some talk about seven uh, potentially being a recommendation. I don't think we're, we're at a point. I don't want to get ahead of that, that uh, board and commission uh, structure committee and saying anything, but right now the SAB only has six members. It would, it would be just to echo what Kathy was saying, it would be very helpful to have at least one more. Okay. So then well, if we have, if we have one person miss the meeting right now, we can't have a meeting because we don't have a quorum based on our bylaws. Uh, okay, so it would be helpful to have um, one more person so we have a little bit of flexibility. Well, I can definitely do that. I can get somebody on there, recommend somebody next week at the meeting, okay? That would be wonderful. Thank you very much.
Thank you. No problem. Okay. I see that Nancy Muma has had her hand raised for quite some time. I'm going to let let Nancy uh, have her turn here, please. Hi, well, well, thanks for letting me um, talk about the issue. I, I want to just follow up on, on something Kay was talking about with the um, large-scale solar and wind um, discussions for Douglas County. And um, just wanted to point out, in case you didn't see it, there's a um, article in the Wall Street Journal about Lawrence, Kansas. Um, and it was about the backlash of um, the green energy. And I don't know if you saw it, but it, but to me, when I saw that, I was crushed. thought that's not who Lawrence, Kansas is. And um, it's really important to, to, to try to have the city talk with the county folks and, and see where, what we can do to move forward and not make it look like uh, we're not interested in, in going forward with um, important climate change mm -hmm. proposals. Yep, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll look that article up. But, um, I've, few, I've never seen him point out Lawrence, but that's kind of concerning, that's for sure. For yeah, that it, yeah. It, yeah this you, is Stan Rasmussen. It was in yesterday's Wall Street Journal. It was a front page article on the Wall Street Journal. I get the hard copy delivered to my house, and it was the front page uh, below the fold, but it was still mm -hmm. front page article, and the dateline was Lawrence, Kansas. Caught my oh, attention, wow. too. And it says, so, over our dead bodies, backlash builds against $3 trillion clean energy push. We're just like, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's scary. Ah, okay. Well, I'll, you know, the timing of this is perfect because I'm meeting with Karen tomorrow um, to have a the discussion is about solar. That's what our discussion is going to be about. So this is great information to have for tomorrow. I appreciate it. Can you add wind in the discussion? Oh, yeah. Wind's always, yeah. Great, thank you so much. Oh, so now I don't want to leapfrog you. I just, there's an important perspective that I've gotten recently as being the SAB rep on the Food Policy Council. And that's really just thinking about it from the county's perspective and particularly I think the food system plan for the county, the trade that people in the county don't want to make for quality agricultural land for, for renewables essentially. And you know, the Food Policy Council I didn't realize had endorsed last year two different things that were focused on um, emphasizing agrivoltaics, which I think we've had discussions here before, <laughs> even if they're not up to snuff. But uh, Mayor, I would say that if you're having a conversation with the commissioner, the city has particular properties that aren't high quality land, like the farmland site and other places that potentially are good places that don't, you know, put it on river, nice river bottom soil where you can grow property. But that perspective, I think, is the overwhelming one from what I hear from the county and the people that are out in there is, is they don't want to trade high quality agricultural land for renewables. And, and to me, that is, that's the crux of this um, rural urban divide on where we put it. They've got most of the land. That's where their, you know, their livelihoods are and they're growing things. And so I think that's an important piece of the conversation to have with Commissioner Wiley. Sorry to interrupt you, Moses. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, and, and this is Stan Rasmussen. I'll get motion, I'll call you here in just a moment. I just wanna add to that, that uh, when I served on the Planning Commission uh, several years ago, one of the things that was adopted by the Lawrence and Douglas County Planning Commission was protection of class one soils in and around Douglas County from development and having to do a, an evaluation of what type of soil you may have uh, 
for development. So I know there is a strong interest in the county of protecting good farming land. And uh, I think that is, is, is being demonstrated again in some of the conversations that are going on about uh, renewable energy development, whether it be for soil or, or wind, or excuse me, solar or wind. All right. I, this is Kay. I'd like to add one additional thing. From my understanding, the regulations or the ordinance that was adopted for the development that was actually already done by uh, the city county planning department uh, and approved by the county is, are some of the most stringent requirements uh, in our state as well as around the country. So to begin with, um, those restrictions are already, there's quite a few already on the books there too. All right, thank you, Kay. Motion, you've had your hand up for quite some time, please. Mohsen Fatemisa, board member. Thank you, Mayor, for joining us tonight. Um, I wanted to make a point building on Kay's point about energy efficiency, and it's in line with the Ordinance 9744 and renewable energy. It's um, most of our buildings, particularly re residential buildings in Lawrence, are old and leaky in terms of energy consumption and when thinking about renewable energy and this energy transition that is happening, we're gonna be missing a huge component of that, that transition if we don't take a look at our old buildings and the ways we can improve that efficiency, particularly if we're thinking about affordability and affordable housing. Um, I guess 56% of Lawrence residents are renters and most of those rental units are very, very energy inefficient. So there are ways that we can put in place to improve the efficiency of those units, but we just need to talk about this point as well as we are considering that ordinance and energy efficiency. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Mosin. All right, was there anybody else from the board that uh, wanted to ask uh, the mayor a question? Mayor, I, I am sitting in Oklahoma City in my hotel room. I'm down here for a uh, environmental uh, remediation conference uh, with the uh, Department of Defense, EPA regions six, seven, and eight, and all of the states uh, in those uh, three EPA regions are all represented here. And we're talking about collaboration and working together and uh, moving projects forward. And as you started out your comments tonight, you, you mentioned how we get impatient. We wanna see things move faster than, than they may. And um, that same discussion has been going on here. Mm -hmm. uh, so it kind of made me chuckle when you were saying that. Um, I, would, I would like to ask, what would you, what what would you like for the sustainability advisory board to be focusing on in the coming year what can we do to help the city commission uh how can we be beneficial to you and the commissioners uh as we move through the year i think right now i think a push to to shore up uh, the ordinance 9744 as far as getting the city to commit to a plan as to how we're going to impl implement that that would be real helpful um 
to you know hear that from the the board um, as to the importance of that and if, if there's anything that you can do to help that process that would be great um, and and you know again again try to look for ways to to pull our strategic plan into that um, I think that that's to me that's the big one right now is what do we have as a plan to get to 2035 and we don't really have that we don't have it right now I know we've been working on some stuff um, but the importance of getting that done um, in a timely manner, I think, is, 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 should be put towards the top of the list, I think. All right. Hey, thank you. Amanda, I see you have your hand raised. Please. Yes, thank you. Um, um, thank you for joining us today. I mean, Stan, SOC member. I uh, just kind of wrapping up what Kay and Mosin had said. Um, I think in your discussion tomorrow, as well as just considerations moving forward. Um, so I, I am the vice president of energy operations for Cromwell Environmental. I oversee the solar oh, department. Okay. So I am, I am all for mm -hmm. solar everywhere, um, but we are only one part of the solution. So the energy efficiency you know, I believe in looking at our buildings in our city in a very holistic approach. Mm -hmm. um, I would love to see solar go on there, but I do think that you're going to maximize that benefit by looking at finding where these buildings aren't efficient and improving those as well um, on new development, but also on the ones that are or may not be getting uh, mm -hmm. solar. And in part of that, I don't know if we ever... I never heard anyway, um, but I know that we supported Kathy receiving assistance and hiring perhaps yeah. an analyst or somebody to work underneath her. Yeah. And this is a, a place where I think somebody along that line would be incredibly beneficial um, to take a look at what buildings make the most sense that are in the best condition for such uh, uh, an investment, which ones could benefit from solar and HVAC improvements or, you know, other improvements, uh, building material improvements. And uh, I know that our school boards are also looking at solar solutions as well, or at least entertaining the idea. I don't know to mm -hmm. what extent they're serious, but um, I just, I wanted to, to, to voice that opinion that solar is a great solution. It's, it's part of the solution. It's not going to be the only solution and I do think that if Kathy had a support of somebody who um, in an analyst type position who is familiar with this kind of work and what it would take in the buildings themselves would be incredibly beneficial to actually achieving it and achieving it in a timely manner and making the most of the investments that we're going to put towards those. Okay. This is a perfect time to talk about that because we're getting ready to go into our budget. Back um, next week we're going to talk about priorities what are the priorities we're going to send back to the to the city manager as he develops the budget? So this is a good opportunity to kind of put a word in for that because I know tried last year didn't work um, from a financial standpoint. Um, I think that now that Kathy's got a year under her belt, so to speak, that um, that there's definitely more credence to to need to to expand this, especially with some of the work that we're going to be proposing to do from the city um, capital improvement 
projects that we've got going of wanting to get those to be more um, energy efficient and implement maybe some solar or, or other types of, of, of situations like that. So that's true. So, so I will tell you this though, I tried to get Cromwell to put solar on my house about, I don't know, eight, 10 years ago. And, and they came out and they can't do it because I got too many trees. So yeah, I got too many trees. I did get, we could I did I did get geothermal put in, but I still wanted solar, but they said I couldn't do it. So I, I was going to say, we could do it, but we're, we can't advise you to do something that is against the, your interests. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to sell you, but I don't want to sell you a bad deal. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> I love my trees, though. So that's the hard part. You kind of hate to give up that. So, you know, I have a want. terrible home for solar either. So I've yeah. got trees and old little nooks and crannies for a roof. So I get it. Yeah. So anyway, um, but yeah, I, that's, I'm glad you brought that up about the position because it's something that um, Kathy had kind of been talking about too. So. Yeah. I just wanted to quickly echo that. Uh, I mean, the County has four different people that are working on sustainability and in the split between the city and County that happened, We've had discussions here about whether or not we have a big sustainability office for the city or sustainability is integrated into all the departments. But the position that we're talking about is a person that works under CAC that can provide data to all of those departments. So when they have a sustainability question, like how much energy are we using? What, how much would it cost us to do this? How much money would we save? How long would it take us to recoup those things? Those are questions they might ask of Kathy. And right now she doesn't have the capacity across all the things that she has to do to figure those things out. And so that's what this position would be, would be support, not just for her, but for the rest of the departments to get answers to their sustainability questions with data involved. So I just want to echo what Amanda said. I think it's a really important position. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. I don't know if you recall, or you guys recall about what, five or six years ago, we spent about $11 million to upgrade our buildings. Do you remember that project? Anybody remember that project? Um, and it was with a guarantee that we would have so much energy saved, a certain, a certain percentage of energy savings every year for, I think it was 12, 10, 12 years to the point to where it would pay off that $11 million investment. Um, and I know we got reports back the first few years to show how it was working, um, but I haven't seen reports for a while. So that's something I think would be good for us to kind of get caught up on. But I don't know who get who they get the data from in order to do those reports. Do you guys, have you heard of those reports or read any of those reports? This is Kathy, this is Kathy Richardson, sustainability oh, director. Yeah. So we uh, received three years um, worth of reports and um, this was ending about February of 2021. And uh, the my understanding, again, I was not in this position, but my understanding is that there was uh, some conversation of the potential to extend the program past the three-year time frame, but the city did not um, move forward with extending that project. So the three years uh, did get completed and the reports uh, were submitted as well. Okay. I thought it was uh, for the entire duration until the until our savings matched what we actually invested, but you're saying it's just three years? Yeah, the three years showed um, savings and I will double check and make sure that there were no additional reports uh, that were to be submitted. Okay. 
Mayor, would it be would it be helpful at all if the SAB uh, sent a, a letter or a, a, a some some sort of document to the city commission suggesting an additional position to work with Kathy? Oh, absolutely. Be... Any, any support you can give it, um, you know, could go. In fact, I'd do it before next week, or at least put at it as part of the um, agenda uh, correspondence. I think it would be good to do that. This is Kathy Richardson, Sustainability Director. The Sustainability Advisory Board did provide a letter that was already um, submitted to the commission, but if you are okay with that, we can go ahead and attach it, the same letter, um, to the agenda, if that seems good, just as a refresher of, of what the Sustainability Advisory Board's recommendations were. I think it'd be an excellent idea. Again, this is where we're going to be talking about priorities. And so this would be an opportunity to, to kind of put that back in front of us. Thank you. Any other board members have, have a question for the mayor? This time, I, I mayor, before we go, I, I want to thank you for being here tonight, but I also want to thank you for the hire that you did with uh, Kathy. I think she's doing a great job in her position. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all really appreciate her work. And I know she stretched pretty thin uh, in talking with Craig Owens. It seems like Kathy's in a lot of different meetings because as the as you're aware, the strategic plan environmental sustainability touches so many different aspects of, of operations and activities here in our community that uh, Kathy's got a lot of demands for her time and she does a really good job for us and I, I appreciate the work she's doing so I wanted to take that opportunity to say that. Thank you very much. Yeah, Kathy's quite the asset for us. That's for sure. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you. I, I really appreciate you for being here tonight. And uh, mm -hmm. like I said, we're going to in a in another month or two, maybe every three months, we'll invite another city commissioner to join us at our meeting. And uh, we really appreciate the time that you've you've given us. And we look forward to working more with uh, you and the commission in the future. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for all your work. And, and we'll get you get somebody else on the board. So it'll kind of help shore it up a little bit. OK. Kathy, so just a minute. Hold on one second. Just a minute before um, you exit. I, I just want to make sure, um, Stan, if you are allowing for public comment um, or questions from the public, there are some um, folks here in the commission room. Mayor, are you willing to um, sure. entertain some questions from the public? Do you have time? Yep. yep. Okay. Thank then. you. I didn't see. I, 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 I only see one person from the public on the participant list on Zoom, but you're saying that there's people there locally. So yes, yeah. please have them introduce themselves and we'll go from there. Hey, hi, I'm Rachel Ali, Um and I'm really excited about all the things that you guys have been talking about today. This, I realize this is where I've been meaning to be for maybe every commission meeting. I just needed to be at this meeting. Um, <laughs> So um, sustainability is such a huge topic and a lot of times it's coupled with climate change. These are like really big overwhelming topics, um, I think for a lot of people. And so I feel as though in order for us to be successful, we need to figure out how to get as much of the community involved in these things as possible. Um, 
and I admire every everything that you are doing. And um, we <laughs> we can't rest this problem on only our shoulders. It's really important that we get other people involved. And I've come to I came to one commission meeting in April about the development at Fall Leith Creek that was proposed. And that was the third time that it was being proposed. Um, it was a duplex complex that was supposed to be on uh, the creek. And people came out from the neighborhood and spoke against it. And they mostly talked about the water. And um, I think this needs to be, uh, it's really important. Our water is really important. Um, our creeks and our rivers and our streams, our wildlife corridors, that's where our wildlife are going, but it's also taking all of the water that's running off of the surfaces out into the river. And when we're talking about big climactic events, um, building something close to a creek not only feels irresponsible, but it feels very disrespectful. Um, because it's not respecting what the streams and the creeks and the rivers are doing for us every single day. Um, so I feel as though when we move forward with development that we have to um, ask questions about the proposals. Um, gosh, there's so many things. And if I get too long-winded, just cut me off because I have a lot that I wanna say. Um, when, a, when somebody comes in and asks, can I develop this land? There needs to be a protocol on whether or not it is accepted. And I came up with three reasons that I feel like are pretty legit, and I'll tell you why. Um, the first one is if the community loves the land, that should be a no. And the reason I say that is because it's the love of that community that has the potential to take care of that land. And that's what Fall Leaf Creek is. The second is if there is any sign of old growth, this is where our diversity is. We cannot lose more diversity. Diversity is the immune system of our planet. That is why what happened at Prairie Park at the Prairie Remnant is so painful for so many because they recognize what that place is. And it's a place that has existed for thousands of years and we don't have a lot of that left. And we need these places because we need to remember what this planet is. This planet is life. So if there's old growth, or if there are mature forests, if there is an ecosystem that you can see and feel and hear, that should be a no. Um, and the last one I touched on just earlier, it's along our creeks and our streams and our riverbeds. They don't need to be any more stressed than they already are. They need plant life because that plant life pulls the water back into the ground. And then the rest of the water will go into our streams and creeks. We cannot develop those areas. Our wetlands, our watersheds, any place where there's a lot of water, these should not be considered for development. So if we're looking at a proposal and 
it's, you know, they're proposing it in, in an area that we feel good about developing because, you know, there isn't any of those things. We need to be asking different questions. And those questions are, does it support diversity? And I mean this with people, but I also mean this with life. What is it doing for the land around it? Does it support life beyond human? It's really important. And the next question that I want you to ask before something gets passed for approval is what does this decision look like seven generations down the line? And that is really important. I understand right now, I went to the commission meeting in April to talk about the creek and I witnessed really a lot of pain a lot of struggle. So much is happening in our city right now where I understand that we are surviving in a lot of ways. In order for us to thrive, we need to value our wild places. We need to restore our wild places and we need to get people involved to do that because we can't, we cannot tell Parks and Rec they have to they said they, I read that they managed thousands of acres of grassland. And when they went to Prairie Park, the part that I think bothered me the most is that the person that sprayed it didn't recognize the place that he was in. This is a place that is more rare than tropical rainforests. Our prairie, we have less than one half of 1% one half of 1% left in Douglas County. That place was sacred. It is sacred. And we have to be able to recognize it. So when we talk about moving forward with these plans, people need to be in place that recognize it, that recognize her. <sighs> Invasive species is something that's really intense and that's also another thing we're not going to be able to do this by ourselves and it can't be done in an unconscious way you can't go through and spray a bunch of chemicals well i guess you can't because that's what happened the reason that invasive species are a problem is because it threatens our biodiversity and so to combat invasive species, we also need to be restoring because as long as all of our habitat and our wild places are separate in different pockets, they will always be open for invasion for invasive species because they're not healthy habitat. So this is just a huge conversation and I just admire every single person here for doing the work that you're doing. And getting more people just to recognize so we can step forward with who we know ourselves to be because what happened at the prairie that's not who we are and we know that and to hear the public come in and say that they think that it was malicious broke my heart into pieces because i don't believe it was malicious i believe it was a mistake and i believe it was a really horrible mistake but the fact that people believe that is a problem. There's a disconnect between the people feeling as though they're being heard and valued and the city. 
And in order for us to move together with something as big as sustainability and climate change, that needs to be the first thing we need to heal is we have to heal and hold space for each other so we can come together and do this big work. And I think, I don't even know if I asked the question. I think I just said a lot of things. Um, well, we, we appreciate your, your, your passion and commitment that you're, you're, you're sharing with us. Uh, Thank you. You did say a lot. Do you have a question you want to ask the mayor or are you good with um, what, you, what you said? <laughs> um, no, I don't have a question. I think I'll just, just leave it at that. But I, I really do want to just say thank you for everything that you're doing and that we're all on the same team. And that's really good. So um, I won't stop coming to these. So <laughs> I'll see you again. Um, thank you. Great. Hey, we appreciate you being here and we look forward to seeing you at future SAB meetings. Kathy, I can't see. Is there are there more people that would like to speak? Yes. Looks like Michael Allman. Michael, welcome. Thank you, Stanley. Yeah, I'm Michael Allman. Um, I guess, uh, you know, I can put it in the form of a request for the mayor. And the uh, the board consolidation board, whatever you call yourself, um, I feel it's really important that the sustainability advisory board continue as a board, uh, as its own entity, rather than being dispersed among lots of other other boards around the city. If that were done, this kind of wide ranging conversation would never happen again. This is extremely valuable. So I think this needs to continue uh, as a board so that you know these kind of discussions can happen. Um, one of the fallouts of that tragic blunder, I guess we'd call it, of, of herbiciding the prairie, 6,000 year old prairie, um, people at Parks and Rec, at least they're open to uh, recognize, they have recognized, you know, their error and willingness to learn from it. And one of the, the ideas that came out of that was to uh, cross-train one of their horticulturists. Their horticulturists, basically they're uh, focused on ornamentals. That's all they know. And like Rachel pointed out, these people did not recognize the plants they were looking at that they were killing. Um, so they're thinking of cross-training one of those horticulturists in natural landscaping and natural landscape management. I see that as valuable of itself, but it also would uh, provide for synergy with the natural landscape um, ordinance that the Sustainability Advisory Board has brought forward because that also calls for a horticulturist as well as a plant advisory board. So I think we should consider those to happen in concert. Uh, finally, this doesn't, uh, as we know, have direct bearing on the city per se, but the solar regulations in the county, um, which indirectly can very direct, very indirectly affect the city, um, 
if you go listen to the April 24th, 2023 Planning Commission meeting, just this last month, it's the 24th, two of the commissioners there finally said out loud, very clearly, that they knew all along that the utility scale solar would be on the best prime bottom land uh, in the county. They knew that all along and they drafted the ordinance, the, the uh, um, regulations to allow that. If you go to the 24 January 2022 meeting of the Planning Commission, when they actually looked at the first draft, page five will show you where there's a strikeout and they deleted prohibiting industrial scale solar on capability one and two soils. That's the meeting where they removed the protections. They also use that word protection very loosely. What they mean by protection is that they will land bank the prime soils or wherever the soils are for future use by allowing solar to be on those best uh, quality soils. That's what they mean by protection. That's not what I mean by protection. I mean those soils could be used for food and agricultural productivity, not put in abeyance for 25 years. Because 25 years from now, a multi-million dollar corporation is not going to walk away from their investment when the uh, conditional use permit expires. The reason they're not going to is because solar panel efficiency will double or triple in that time. They will take off the old panels, they will put on new panels, and go for another 25 years at two or three times the profit. It's an economic decision, and they're in it for economics. They're not in it for saving the climate, even though they they cloak themselves in that kind of an image. But no, they're they're going to keep that solar on that land, the prime farmland, and it will never again, uh, you know, virtually never again be usable for growing food. The best farmland in Kansas, and arguably the best farmland in the world. So just to clarify so people understand when we want and we we advocate for solar and we all do want solar, there are other ways uh, to do it. And this is how it can indirectly affect the city. Um, the mayor has mentioned to me once that, you know, there are rooftops, for instance, in downtown, lots of rooftops that could be developed as a community solar project. Uh, it would take a you know, separate entity. Maybe it could be Downtown Lawrence, Inc., if they were so inspired or aware. But not-for-profits typically create community solar projects. They aggregate the solar from different um, locations, different buildings, different rooftops. Could be um, um, buildings or uh, parking lots. Uh, brownfields could be anywhere, but they aggregate that solar and it's used locally. It's used for the community. We can do that in Lawrence. The city also could include in the land development code that all new construction has to have solar on the roof. And that includes parking lots, even better. Um, 
That's something that my organization has proposed for the land development code. So this conversation could take many directions and we can achieve reducing our climate emissions, not necessarily by going big solar with big corporations. We can do that if it's done sensitively in the proper locations and not going over our prime farmland. Yes, we can have industrial solar, but I think community solar is much more viable and much more acceptable to the people in the county. I think uh, planners should take that into consideration. Well, anyway, I've gone on more than my three minutes. Uh, but thank you, Stanley, for being uh, um, patient with me. Thank you, um, Mayor Larson, too. Thank you, Michael. We appreciate your comments very much. Kathy, is there anyone else that uh, wants to speak? There's no one else here in the room, um, that, but it looks like Don somebody Haw online. Yeah, it looks like Don Hawkins online has her hand raised. So Don, please, please join us. I, I'm just gonna be quick. I know you guys are on short time and it seems like you always get your meeting cut short on these Wednesday nights. Um, I want to thank you, Mayor Larson. Uh, sorry, my name is Don Hawkins, and I'm a um, I'm not a SAP member, but I've been attending the meetings for years. Um, I actually have applied to be on on the board um, when I saw these vacancies happening. We've got four vacancies, and so I just want to echo that that is a high priority to. Um, uh, to delve into uh, the pile of applicants and not choose just one, but four, um, and so that this board can be effective again. Um, and also to echo what other board members are saying regarding the need for another city staffer. Um, uh, and then thirdly, um, I, I really hope that this reorganization of subcommittees does not dissolve this board it's very important that this board is a standalone board um i just wanted to throw in my my two cents from a, a public perspective thank you thank you don i may be giving you don i may be giving you a call going through my list all right with that, uh, Mayor, I just want to say thank you again for being here. Thank you for your patience in uh, listening to us and listening to everyone else. I really appreciate that. Uh, I think we, not just the board members, but the members of the public who, who take the time out to participate in our meetings, appreciate your time and, and your willingness to be here and, uh, and listen to what we have to say and our suggestions and our questions. And I just really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, and also it's it's great to to talk with you um, as an organization. And I'm always willing to, to get together individually. I know I've gotten together with Kay before um, and talk about any of your concerns. I did want to add one thing. I meant to talk about this earlier. At our agenda for next Tuesday night, we're having on the agenda the um, the staff's proposal for um, incorporating sustainability into our capital improvement projects. So the agenda comes out tomorrow night um, or tomorrow, sometime tomorrow. So I would suggest you take a look at that. It's um, something we asked staff to do. Um, it's been a while ago, but um, this should be um, a laying out of that policy of how we're gonna incorporate sustainable sustainability into our, or into our capital projects, okay? And oh, I, I think this is, 
I think this is what we have previously uh, worked on with Kathy. Right. Um, so. And I think we sent a letter, right? Didn't we send a letter? This is Kathy Richardson, the sustainability director. Uh, there was a letter that was approved earlier this year and Stan uh, did sign it as the chair. We've been holding on to the letter to be included in the package that goes to the city commission on Tuesday. So it's, you know, the, the, the sustainability advisory board and others who want to provide public comment for that item can also provide written comment. Yep, great, that's great. So I'll look forward to reading that. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. All right, thank you. All right. Kathy, thank you so much for setting that up. Uh, next item on our agenda is a uh, staff report. Uh, if you could uh, brief us on birthday activities and uh, talk about what else you need to talk about. Sure, I'd be happy to. And I did prepare some slides because I felt like there were a lot of websites or visuals. And I'm going to try to share now. Earlier, we were having some formatting issues, but we'll see if it works now. Are you seeing some slides? We are. We are. Thank you. Okay, just one second. We've got a lot of pop-up windows. Are you seeing just one slide at a time or the presenters view with two slides on the screen? We're seeing the presenters view. Okay, how about now? Nope. Presenters. We installed that rubric. There's a icon down at the bottom. I think that if you push on that, it'll give you the whole presentation view. We're still seeing your actual PowerPoint, Kathy. We're not seeing uh, like Let's... we're seeing PowerPoint. We're not seeing the present. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. How about now? Yep. Nailed. Yep. Yes. Success. Yay. Awesome. Okay, so like I said, I just prepared a few slides to go over um, some items. So first, uh, just an update on some sustainability items for City Commission. Two of these have already happened. So on April 4th, we had the proclamation for the month of April as National Mayor's uh, Challenge for Water Conservation and Trevor Flynn with MSO um, led that. We did have our proclamation uh, for April 22nd as Earth Day, and we had some of our partners um, with us. One thing of note, we might want to do the proclamation earlier in the month next year because there were a lot of conflicts with that uh, Earth Week, um, where Friends of the Ka and others were not able to attend the City Commission meeting because of other Earth Day activities. So that's a good to note. Uh, so as uh, Mayor Larson mentioned, on May 16th, which is next Tuesday, we are going to be talking about the Sustainable Capital Projects Policy. Um, you've all seen uh, a version of it. Uh, we have tweaked the policy, and um, we even had the U.S. Green Building Council take a look at the policy as well. Uh, so that 
agenda, the agenda for the city commission meeting will come out tomorrow and you'll get to see that. Um, I do have Stan's signed letter from the sustainability advisory board. So that will be attached. And if you'd like to attend the commission meeting, please do. So on June 6th is the new proposed date for the conversation around single-use plastic bag ordinance. I didn't want to talk too much about that, about this because I do know there's an agenda item tonight to discuss, but the ordinance is what's attached to the agenda currently, and that is what will go through to the city commission on June 6th with the understanding that this is not a final ordinance, this is a draft ordinance, and there will likely be some edits to it. And I do believe that Nancy has you know, some points there to make as well. So um, second slide, Lead for Cities Leadership Program. I'll keep this brief, but we are extremely excited to have been selected. So City of Lawrence is one of 13 cities um, that was selected for this year's leadership program. And that will lead us to uh, complete our certification process. Uh, previously, the City of Lawrence had gone through the STAR sustainability rating, and we had received a four out of five STAR uh, STAR program, as I mentioned before, is no longer um, alive. Uh, we kind of transitioned uh, somewhat to this lead for cities. So we're excited to go through the leadership program to certify. For those of you who heard local news, uh, yesterday was the uh, celebration of the announcement that Kansas City, Missouri uh, finished their leadership program and their certification, and they are lead gold for cities. Previously, last year, Johnson County, Kansas, had also received lead gold for cities, and Johnson County was the, the first uh, in Kansas. Here's the, just a list of all the cities that are in the cohort this year. Um, and I will show a map here just so you know where they're located. There has been a lot of interest uh, from the Florida uh, state in the last couple years. So there's lots from there. Um, this map is actually on the U.S. Green Building Council website. So it is interactive. You can see the years kind of across the map of the U.S. where you can click on the, the year and it'll show you which uh, cities were uh, part of Lead for Cities for that year. Again, um, just as a reminder that Lead for Cities provides a comprehensive management framework for sustainability. Um, it is used for multiple plans. So this goes hand in hand with the city strategic plan. It will go hand in hand with the climate action plan. Um, there's also some uh, conversations about the land development code as well. And I did want to share this uh, one slide that uh, they gave us for orientation. So last week was the kickoff and orientation for this year's uh, Lead for Cities Leadership Program. So as you can see, we are in the education um, kind of section. We, we're starting our training. There will be reporting required and then certification. And what happens after we get certified? A lot of people ask, like, is that something that just 
as a document that sits on the shelf? No, it's going to tell us uh, where our weaknesses are in terms of sustainability and where we can improve. That will be our work moving forward. Another um, announcement, our electronics recycling event is scheduled for this Saturday, May the 13th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. I just want to note that the location is changing, so we're not going to be at the KU parking lot. There is construction going on there right now. Uh, we will be at Free State High School, and Technex Solutions is the vendor. Um, there's no, no fee to recycle almost all electronics except for CRT TVs and CRT monitors, um, and they'll accept cash uh, for those. But the website is listed here so you can get some more information. And just a reminder, this was an event that was hosted previously by the County City Sustainability Office, and with the split, um, this has come back to the city's staff. So a group within MSO, the environment team, has been working hard on this event. And uh, we need volunteers. So just letting you know that if you are looking for a volunteer opportunity or um, if you know of somebody, please help us get the word out. We need a few more people to make this event smooth and successful. Uh, volunteers are gonna be used for traffic control and interacting with the public and helping with setup and breakdown. Um, there are two shifts that people can volunteer for and there is lunch provided if that will take you over to the, yes, I'll volunteer. Um, so just email sustainability at lawrenceks.org if you are interested in volunteering or you know, share the word, the word with your neighbors and friends. Uh, Earth Day recap, um, Stan mentioned this. So there were numerous events and activities for Earth Day. This year, a lot of the events did take place on April 22nd. Uh, the feedback that I've heard, and I made it to three events that day, the feedback that I've heard and other um, organizations have heard uh, from their events uh, are that while it was a very chilly day, uh, the events were all well attended and um, there were a lot of happy folks uh, being able to jump from one event to the next to the next. So uh, a lot of variety as well. Um, we had compiled all the events into a city web page uh, where people could, um, you know, review and, you know, RSVP or sign up for any of those activities. So very well received. We will continue with um, you know, partnering with community, community and organizations uh, to put on uh, these events in the future. If any of you do have uh, some feedback or comment that you have heard or that, you know, you if you attended one of these events and would like to share with me, you can obviously um, let me know via, you know, phone call, email, etc. cetera. Um, but we're pretty excited about the number of events that occurred in Florence. Douglas County Open Space Plan. So there's been a lot of activity recently with uh, spreading the word about the community input um, request that is going on right now. So I've added the open space uh, 
web page here because all the information is compiled there. Most of you know uh, what the open space plan is, uh, but it, the process has begun. It's an 18-month planning process. Um, it is identified as a priority within the comp plan, plan 2040. And there is a survey right now that is available. I do know that mailers went out uh, to county residents, uh, but there are, um, you know, they shared it via social media and newsletters and so forth that anybody can go online to complete that survey. And it does close on July 1st. So please take note of that. Again, um, very important process right now and community input is, is essential. So uh, lots of ways that you can engage through completing the survey. There is a toll-free 24-7 hotline um, where you can share your ideas. Uh, there is a photo challenge going on right now you've probably heard of. And I did want to include here that there are a couple meetings coming up. So June 8th um, at 530 at the Lawrence Public Library. Um, but And there's one at Lone Star Lake the following day as well. So just some information for you all and how you can provide uh, input and encourage your family, friends, neighbors um, here in Douglas County to, to provide feedback too. Douglas County Climate Action Plan. So a lot of work uh, is happening on the Climate Action Plan with uh, staff that is drafting the strategies at this time uh, in June. So next month, uh, the draft strategies are going to be shared with the steering committee members. And in July, the uh, draft of the Climate Action Plan will be uh, posted for public feedback. So there's going to be a public feedback window um, where, and there's going to be a lot of engagement uh, to make sure that everything we heard and all the community input that we collected is reflected um, within the Climate Action Plan. Then it will go back to getting some more work done on it, and it will be available in that second phase for public comment. But uh, the timeline is still uh, geared for uh, the county adopting the climate action plan at the end of the year. Uh, grants, I mentioned this a couple meetings ago. Uh, and these are not all the grants that the city is looking at. Uh, this is only on the small window of sustainability items that I've been working through. Uh, we do have the Energy Efficiency and Conservation Block Grant, so that's EECBG. As I mentioned a couple uh, months ago, the city does, this is a formula funding, so the city does have allocated a little bit under $150,000. Um, the first step in receiving that those funds was to submit a pre-award um, information sheet, which the city submitted by the deadline, which was uh, at the end of April. Uh, the actual application is due in January of 2024. So this is the one uh, where we have intentionally left some space in planning for the potential of a regional or collaborative way to pool funds with our region for a project. So we have had two meetings in Kansas City with kind of the mark region of possibilities of what those projects will be. Um, at this point, the city is, um, and it does seem like a lot of the cities and counties are, are 
a little bit more engaged in some projects that are priorities for them. So at this point, the city of Lawrence is going to start with kind of an internal team to, uh, you know, uh, bring up ideas of projects that we could apply for and then decide on what our application will be for um, that January timeframe. Um, so it's not looking like we're going to have a, a regional collaborative grant proposal. Uh, on the climate pollution reduction grant, um, this one we also talked about right now, it's the planning phase, but there will be an implementation grants phase. Um, and only those that were part of the planning grants uh, would be able to kind of um, uh, get some grants for the implementation. Now, uh, City of Lawrence was definitely not anywhere near the top 65 or 67 metro largest metropolitan areas in the U.S., uh, but uh, we uh, were going to be part of the Kansas uh, fund funding that was allocated to them. It is my understanding that the state of Kansas did submit on the last day uh, that was required of um, them kind of uh, submitting a proposal or saying that they're interested in the funds. So I've been working on some connections with the state to see what they're thinking about in terms of proposal, because that money is supposed to um, also come down to the communities within Kansas um, for the, the planning of the climate pollution reduction. And then the third is the DOT EV charging and fueling infrastructure grant. I will tell you that one is the one that we have a little bit less uh, footing as to where we're headed to, um, but there are a lot of possibilities with EV uh, infrastructure grants, and we really feel strongly that we need to work on a community plan. Um, and this might be bigger scope than just City of Lawrence, but the whole MPO area. So just wanted to mention that really quick. I'm sorry to take up so much time, but I just wanted to share those slides. Kathy, thank you for all that information. Will those slides be available to us? Can you email them to us? so that we can refer back to them? Absolutely, I can email them to you and then also I will post them on the minutes uh, for this meeting. Thank you, thank you. All right, before we go into the uh, next uh, part of the agenda, uh, two things. Uh, one, Kathy, you mentioned that we have this letter uh, directed, previously signed for the city commission recommending adding an additional person uh, uh, to assist you. Uh, would, it, would it be more helpful to have an updated letter that I could sign? Yes, and um, maybe while the board discusses this, I'll try to find the letter on our uh, previous agenda, just so we see how far back it was. Well, I think it was under the previous uh, uh, SAB chair. Maybe, maybe not. I, I guess um, I, I, I would just, if you think it would be helpful, I would just make a motion for the board's consideration that we, Kathy and I update the letter uh, to make it current and let me sign it this Friday, as long as we don't substantially materially change the the the, t the meaning of the letter, if you would give us that latitude to do that. That would be my motion. 
see if I'll anybody wants to discuss or second it or anything. Uh, Nancy Muma, I'll second the motion. Thank you. Any discussion on that? Kathy, of talk. I think Amanda started it, and and I added to it is is the most effective we can make that letter for city commission so that they can see how it threads to the city's commitment. Really, is having this data person um, working with Kathy to provide all the information to these people. I think is critical. So I, I don't remember what all of the text of the last letter is, but if it can. I'd give you more latitude to make it more effective, as effective as it can be between you and Kathy personally. Thank you. Kathy, will you be available to maybe work with me a little on Friday? Yes, absolutely. Week? Okay, well, let's um, let's plan on doing that and make sure that we can get it to the commission before they meet on Tuesday. Okay. Thank you. Um, we had a motion and a second. All those in favor, please signify by saying aye. 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 Any opposed? Same sign. All right, well, Kathy and I'll work on that and make sure that it's available for everybody at our next meeting so you can see what we put together. Uh, appreciate the, the authorization to work with her on that. Uh, next, before we go on to our additional agenda items, I need to say I'm not gonna be available for our next scheduled meeting on 14 June. And I'm not gonna be available for our scheduled meeting in July, I think it's like 12 July. Um, next month, I have a, a meeting conflicting for work that I have to attend. It's with the Oklahoma Secretary of Energy and Environment. Uh, can't get out of it. But he's had to bend his schedule a lot and I need to make that meeting. And in, uh, in July, I'll be out of the state in a remote location in Montana and I won't be able to participate. So. What I want to ask is, would it be possible, <laughs> would there be consideration in moving to a different day in June for us to meet? Assuming that we don't have a new member that would allow us to have a quorum by our meeting date in June. Or do we want to roll the dice and see if the mayor gets somebody appointed in time for us to not have me there in June? Stan, could we just move it by a week? Would that fit your schedule? Um, I'm going to be, <laughs> uh, as of right now, no. I'm going to be in um, Colorado. I might be able to make it, I might, I might be able to make it um, online. But I'll be at uh, an Air Force installation with my Air Force counterpart working with him on that Wednesday and Thursday of that week, I could probably make make it online if we moved it a week, but I would not be able to be there in person. Unfortunately, the 21st, we, we can have this conversation, it, trying to do these schedules right now, maybe not be the most effective thing. I, I'm not available the 21st either. I, I could serve on the 14th if we do get another person. Uh, I could take that role if we get another person nominated, uh, but would it be more effective to kind of pan out the 14th the next meeting through email. Are we able to do that, Kathy? I'm sorry. I was taking some notes here. For the next meeting, if Stan's mm -hmm. not able to be there, or if we were to move it a week, 
are we able to do that and not finalize it today as long as we get it on the agenda and the website? Right. There's a time frame of, you know, the announcement of when the meeting or, you know, the rescheduling of the meeting, you don't want to do it last minute. Right. But if you want to wait for next week when the mayor mentioned um, that she was um, hoping to appoint somebody, uh, you know, get that approved through commission next Tuesday, then you'll knew, you'll know it in advance um, whether you have one more person and we can ask that person if they're available to meet in your June meeting and then there'd be no need to move it. If there's not going to be an appointment, we can go ahead and, and schedule the or reschedule the meeting when all of you are available, but there has to be enough notice to the public of the change. And also not conflicting with another city public meeting that will be live streamed. So there's that too. What about the week before? You, you said the week after was a problem. What about the week before? The Wednesday before? The seventh I could probably make. Uh, I'll be driving down from Omaha, but I should be able to make that. Maybe that would be seventh the might be hard for me, though. See, that's that. I'm bringing it up now because I, I'm I'm in Oklahoma. I, I found out today that there, I have to be there, be here again, in Oklahoma City on the night of the 14th. So I apologize, but um, that's why I'm bringing it up. And. Does anybody have conflicts on a Monday night? I don't. I do on the sec on the second Monday. So this is Kathy. It depends Richardson. on which Monday. <laughs> this is Kathy Richardson, Sustainability Director. I I can do a doodle poll and make sure to see what everybody's availability is going to be for the next month, so we don't have to um you know each kind of talk about it tonight. I I did just want to mention uh, because I know we've we've um, talked about all these topics, but I didn't know if there was going to be additional conversation on the single-use plastic bag ordinance um, from Nancy's group since the time's uh, kind of coming to an end here. We definitely should have a, maybe a special meeting or another meeting before it's going to be on the agenda for the city commission to review. Well, the, the thing that we were going to talk about today was the 40% recycled material content for the uh, paper bags and the reusable plastic bags. And um, our group did research. Uh, several um, uh, stores are already using the, those materials. Um, and so it, it seems like it's highly available it would not be a problem for uh, pivoting to, to those types of materials instead of um, those that are not recycled. Um, we can talk about it more in detail, but Kathy, did you say that we can't make any changes to the ordinance that's gonna go before the city commission? It, good question for clarification. So the ordinance that is currently linked to your agenda packet is the ordinance that is going to move forward to the city commission on June 6th. So no edits from the city attorney's office will be made, but before that meeting. So that's the, the version, that's the draft uh, that will go to commission. Now there is an understanding 
that there may be edits from the Sustainability Advisory Board and from other staff members that will change that ordinance uh, for a final draft that if the commission wants to move forward with single-use plastic bag ordinance, that final draft would be at a future meeting for them to adopt in first reading and then another meeting on second reading. The June 6th uh, meeting was um, the direction from the city commission at our last meeting was to provide a draft from the city attorney's office for the continuation of the discussion of the single-use plastic bags. Okay, and so you're saying we can't make any modifications to the draft that will be before them at June 6th, is that right? Right, the ordinance, the draft ordinance will not be revised um, before the June 6th meeting. Now, the plan for the item on commission on June 6th is uh, for myself to introduce the topic and item. Nancy, you mentioned you were available, so you can, again, reiterate, um, you know, the Sustainability Advisory Board's uh, recommendation on the single-use plastic bags. You can also provide uh, those edits that you'd like to see in the ordinance and have a discussion on that, like the 40% post-consumer recycled content. Um, and then staff from planning and also the city attorney's office is going to be present at the meeting to answer any questions from the mayor or commissioners on this ordinance. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to uh, getting some direction as to if we make this a final draft and uh, put it on for their for action for the commission. Can I ask for um, a motion for support of the 40% recycled content? for the paper bags and the reusable plastic bags, the thicker four mil bags uh, from this group? So I have a question. So is that that, so a bag could be greater than four mils and that would be considered reusable? That's the way it's in the draft currently. And, and that's what you're saying as well? So what I'm suggesting is that we don't change the thickness of it. All we do is say that it needs to contain 40% of post-consumer recycled material. I don't have any problem with that. So I would be glad to move that or second that, whatever, however that, whatever we need to do. Well, I'll make the motion and uh, uh, that we that we um, recommend that there's 40% post-consumer recycled material in the paper bags and the reusable plastic bags in the ordinance. No, I'll second that. Sorry, Nancy, can you just confirm in your um, research that you guys did over the last month that that's already the case or that those are widely available and easy for stores to implement? So those like are widely it. available and several stores already use that. So um, let's see, Thank Target you. bags are, Walgreens bags are, um, Sprouts. Um, I think CVS. And CVS. as far as paper bag, Dylan's already does it on the paper bags. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So, so that's commonly used, um, but not throughout the, uh, we don't know that it's used in all sites. Okay, thank you. So the suggestion is that the paper, 
it's 40 at least 40 percent recycled correct it could be like 60 percent oh yeah yeah it should be okay. at least 40 percent recycled before okay. a plastic bag that was considered not um single use right so okay. single use is banned but the but the thicker reusable ones as defined in the current version of the draft uh needs to be at least 40 percent post-consumer recycled material and the paper bags also need to contain 40%, at least 40% post-consumer recycled material. Is that the only place the paper bags are addressed in the draft ordinance then? Yes. I mean, they're, they're, the paper bags are said to be allowable. I think, is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah, okay. We're, we're running out of time. Uh, we've, do we have further discussion? All right, uh, we've had a motion and a second. All those in favor of uh, Nancy's motion, please say aye. 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 Any aye. opposed, same sign. All right, uh, Kathy, can you capture that? Uh, you know what? what you need to document? Yes, I've got the motion down. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, we have about one minute left. Are there any other really key issues we need to address before we adjourn today? All right, my, my clock is showing 7.15. I appreciate everybody's time. I'm sorry to cause uh, conflict with um, our June meeting. I knew I was going to be gone in July. I did not anticipate having to miss June. So hopefully we can find another day that will work for all of us and get that scheduled. So, um, and hopefully the mayor will, I think we've impressed upon her well tonight that uh, we do need another person or two on the board. So hopefully that'll work out too. All right. With that, I want to thank everybody for being here. I would move that we go ahead and adjourn this month's meeting. Second. Second. All right. All those in favor, say aye. 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 You all have a good night. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.